actually very providential to have Father Ioannis here to read that Gospel because today I want to talk about the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament, John, and the fulfillment of the Spirit, and if anything, a much more of an Old Testament type of guy, and Father Ioannis is an incarnation of that new revelation of the Holy Spirit and the beauty of God. So thank you for being with us today. You know, I don't usually talk to you guys about problems in the church and like the universal church because frankly, I don't think it's any of our business. And it's like, I don't, children shouldn't be worried about the problems of parents, right? Parents shouldn't be telling their children their own drama in between them or with their grandparents. They just need to be children, right? You guys are little children in the faith, and I don't want you having to worry about a lot of the bigger things that happen in the church, any kind of scandals. Um, but I think there is a time and a place where you, you know, it's like you have the crazy out, you know, outlaw in, in-laws and whatnot that you have to kind of talk about sometimes because they're around. Um, that's kind of what I would need to hit today. I was pondering if I should share with you somewhat kind of a scandalous situation in one of the biggest parishes in the Catholic Church, which is the internet. You know, everyone has their internet parishes they go to, their priests, the people they go to for information. And so when scandals break out there, they can kind of spread around a lot. And recently, there was a, a scandal that had to do with a prominent Catholic internet figure who had a whole company called Church Militant, you know, Michael Vores. And he was known very much for his orthodoxy, his fidelity to the teachings of the church and calling out especially scandals in the churches, you know, where lies and falsehoods are trapped and exposed was his motto. And when I was in seminary, I'd listened to him from time to time because what he spoke about is that basically we have the biggest drop-off of Catholics maybe since the Protestant Revolution in the past 50 years. And right now, there's a lot of Catholics who don't understand the teachings of the faith. Or there's a lot of Catholics who just don't believe or are living out what the church believes. And even more, there's a lot of priests who aren't teaching the truths of the faith and warning of the problems, and even more of bishops who aren't attending and taking very seriously these problems in the church. And then he became actually really obsessed with what he termed as like the homosexual problem within the church. And then that's like all he talked about. And that's kind of when I checked out a little more. But the biggest issue that we had, like people would have with him, would they say it was his tone, right? Because he was, he kind of had a hermeneutic of suspicion where everyone was held in contempt until proven innocent. And he was like a dog barking at anyone who passed by, right? So he just got a lot of enemies. But his excuse was, I'm John the Baptist. I'm the John the Baptist type calling people out to repent. But it recently came out, just very recently, that he in fact suffers from same-sex inclinations also and was kind of living a double life behind the scenes. And so people say it's somewhat hypocritical to be so critical of the church and at the same time have that in the background. So it's a great scandal and everyone's kind of upset and saddened by it for obvious reasons. But he put out one video and I thought it was very fascinating because he said, you know, basically it's true what happened. Like, you know, I've been, I've been living this life and I'm sorry, I've been struggling with my own, my own fallenness. He goes, but I've always believed and taught everything the Catholic Church professes. Like that was his big defense. I've always believed the church's teachings and professed that. 
He goes, but I realize now that I have inner healing I have to go through. I need something more. It, that's what made me think about John the Baptist in today's Gospel. John the Baptist, has said, appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. But then he says, one mightier than I is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Right? So John the Baptist was the law. He represented justice, conversion, knowledge of sin, and repentance. The fascinating thing is that Christ didn't look like John the Baptist. Jesus Christ actually was much more merciful. He focused on healing and dialogue. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. He was very different from what John the Baptist looked like in his own ministry. And yet, was that a problem? No, he, Jesus even said that John the Baptist was one of the greatest men to ever be born of woman. That he was there to prepare the way for Christ's coming. One of the greatest prophets of the Old. There was a, a purpose behind John's mission. Because justice precedes mercy. Justice reveals our need for God's mercy. If we do not understand the truth and if we do not understand our sins, then we're not going to need Jesus Christ who is the answer to that. So John the Baptist was necessary. But we cannot make the mistake of staying on John the Baptist. Stopping on the One who prepares the way for the answer which is Christ and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everything we do when it comes to laws and talk on sins and teachings of the church and tradition is all a means of preparing us to receive the fullness of the faith in Christ. And this is where they'll say many times Protestants, they'll have a very deep faith and relationship with Christ. But the biggest problem is they don't, under, they don't have roots with their beliefs. And they don't have a system that protects from heresy. And so everyone goes in their different ways. The problem with Catholics often is that it's just intellectual with us. We know the rules. We know the laws. We come to Mass on Sundays. And we think that that's enough. But that can be a stopping, in a sense, on the John the Baptist call to repentance. You know, my spiritual director and I, we got in a fight. And we, we often get in fights a lot when we talk because I love discipline. I love asceticism. I love hard work and sacrifice. I love ritual. Basically, all things alpha, right? And he emphasizes a lot on feelings and intimacy and relationships and healing. The beta topics, right? And so, we're a little divided on, on that, but I need him. Like I need Him in my life. And this is where we fight because I'm focusing more on externals. And if you just change your actions, then your life will get better. And He's always there to redirect me to say, if it's not about growing in love and intimacy with Christ and the Holy Spirit, nothing you do will ever satisfy your thirst for God. He said something so, so profound. He said, if you are satisfying your thirst for God, 
It's not God. So we can have all the ritual. We can do all the external things. Maybe that's what Michael Boris was doing. You know? Just I'll, I'll, I'll say all the teachings of the faith. I'll do all the things that Catholics should do. But he was trying to satisfy his own thirst for God. And when our hearts are not actually being satiated by God, that's when we fall into other things. We become like an empty cistern. Because all the teachings of the church, all the Old Testament, it's like these great big canals and aqueducts. right? They're there to, to deliver the divine life from God to our souls. But you can have the most intricate system of an aqueduct, and if there's no water flowing through it, it's useless, right? On the other hand, when you don't have a system to, to deliver the water and order the water, what you get is a swamp or a tsunami. And that's what we have more in like the New Age movement that's coming along. Well, it's all about my feelings and it's just about my own relationship with Jesus. problem that becomes so subjective that everybody goes their own way. There's no order to the faith. So the old and the new are necessary. But it's like, I know that most of us know here justice. Because I know justice. I eat justice for breakfast while I'm cold plunging. Alright? Like, John the Baptist was in Israel baptizing in the Jordan, degree, Jordan River in like 80 degree weather. Alright? I'm out here with my disciples in 22 degree weather, cold plunging in that Boise River, calling people to repentance. Alright? Get that weak stuff out of here. He's not even on our level. We know justice. And we talk about justice a lot around here. And conversion. And repentance. And I think the reason that our generation were drawn to those things because a lot of us grew up in a very chaotic world. And so a lot of us, a lot of people came from broken homes where they didn't have law and order coming from the top. Or they went to public schools that's basically pushing debauchery. Or they, we came from Catholic churches, at least I did, that we never talked about sin. We never talked about hell. We never talked about the necessity of understanding and following the teachings of our church. So when I first found that, I grappled to it like it was salvation. But like my spiritual director, he's much older, so the generation that came before us, they had all the externals, but people didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. They didn't emphasize intimacy with God. And so they understand that you can have all the externals there and it's not going to satiate our desire for salvation. Justice reveals the need for mercy, but mercy without justice is just presumption and doesn't produce conversion. So there's this constant tug-of-war in every one of our lives between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And only you know where you're at in that. Right? Like, I think about Dana. Dana and I, we just had a conversation the other day where like, we realized we really kind of rubbed off on one another. When she first got here, like two years ago, Focus Missionary, she was like, geez, Father Nathan, you're a real like, fire and brimstone preacher up there. And I said, well, yeah, it's to balance you out. It was like a freaking you know, Catholic care bear on campus, like <laughs> shooting love and mercy out of your chest to everybody. It's like, we need to bring some justice to this divine mercy party that you're throwing all the time. But we've balanced each other out. We realized the other day, it's like we've both you know, come a long way. Like I'm here doing a little more charismatic prayer and, and talking about relationship and she's 
chanting in Latin now and actually is believing all the teachings of the church. So we both come, I'm joking, she's always been there, but we both come a long way. And that's, and that's why we need one another to find that balance in our life. And that's why my goal when you come here, for the most part, especially when we come to Mass, this is kind of Old Testament. This is the external rituals. This is the, the aqueduct, right? That we're talking about the teachings of the church. We're talking about the truths. We're talking about the moral truths of what we have to do. But that's not enough. And I'll be the first one to tell you what I have to give you is not enough. If it doesn't lead to an encounter of an intimate relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit. And that has to come from your own individual prayer lives. Your own individual intimacy with Christ. Whether it's adoration, praying the rosary, just going on walks, praying the Bible, uh, Bible studies, whatever that is, discipline only prepares the way of the Lord. We can know and, and teach and live all the teachings of the church and fall short if we do not have the Holy Spirit. One mightier than I is coming and He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So just pray in this Mass, what is it that you need more in your life right now? Is it John the Baptist? Or is it Christ? Because some of us here, you need more structure. You need more order to your life so that you can receive more fully the teachings of the church in the Holy Spirit. If there's anything in us that is rebellious against what the church teaches, we have to be aware of that. And that's a place of repentance and conversion. But in the most, for most of us, if, if you already believe what the Catholic Church teaches, if you're living in a state of grace, forget the laws. Forget the externals. The only thing that's important after that is where are you at in your relationship with Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament passes away. It must decrease so Christ Himself can increase. That's always the goal of everything we do as Catholics. That intimacy with our Lord in the Holy Spirit. John came to prepare the way and it was he himself who first looked at Christ and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in the end, all is mercy. All is gift. And all we have to do is look upon the One who comes to save us right here and now on this altar in the Most Holy Eucharist and say from wherever we're at in our life right now, Lord, I am not worthy that You should come under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.